Good morning, church. Uh, Happy New Year. Right? Is this the first Sunday of the new year? It is. Okay. Right around this time of year, at the end of the year, in the beginning of the year, I get all woo about the calendar. Um, We are just coming out of Christmas. We're coming out of this period of rest that we take after Christmas, um, where I don't know what day it is. I don't know when the last time a child has eaten. Um, Everything gets all disoriented. And then I wrestle with the Lord because I don't want to rest. I don't want to rest. Rest doesn't feel, doesn't give me that, that hit of dopamine. It doesn't give me that hit of value and worth that I'm so used to having. And every year it's the same wrestling match. And eventually he wins and I rest and I find, oh yeah, I'm loved. I'm loved and I'm enough. And this new year, all this hope begins to bloom when I finally let him hope for the future, knowing that he is going to meet me in it, knowing he's already been there. Um, So church, this morning as we were praying, there were two words, and it was trust and surrender. Trust and surrender. And the good news for me is that each year I wrestle less and less. (laughs) So that's growth. Um, Each year I feel like uh, it gets a little bit easier because I grow in trust of my Heavenly Father, that he's especially fond of me, that he loves me, um, that I'm enough. Uh, church. So as we head into 2024, um, it's going to be a year of trust and surrender. I feel like you're going to hear that a lot from us. Um, And we look forward as a body, as a family of believers with expectation or with expectancy um, for what God has for our marriages, for our families, for our kids, and for our church. Um, and then for the, the, the big church of which we are a part. So I'm excited this morning um, for 2024. Amen. Well, stand with me, church. <clears throat> We're going to worship the Lord. Before we do so, I'm going to do a call to worship out of Psalm 96. It's about a new song. <clears throat> it's about a new song, a new way. And I want to start off the year just with a fresh fresh anointing to sing and to worship and praise him for who he is. It says, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. That's us, guys. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among the peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Church, the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Church, the Lord is great. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. So Lord, we just praise you this morning. We worship you today. Have your way in this place. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. For you are greatly to be praised. Amen? Amen. Let's worship. Church, at this time, we're going to take communion together. Um, It's the same routine that we always do. I'm looking out. I feel like you all know how to do it. Uh, The plate is gluten-free. Before we do that, um, over the Christmas break, one of the highlights of the break for me was a couple days after Christmas, my oldest daughter came into my bedroom where I was hiding on my chair and uh, she climbed up onto my bed and she just sat with her tea and she was like, is it okay if I visit with you? And I said, yeah, it's okay. And we just proceeded to have the most wonderful conversation where she came and she sought me out, not because she had a problem that she needed me to solve for her and not because she was struggling, um, although I very much want her to seek me out in those times, but she just wanted to be with me. And we had this wonderful time together where we both went from it just feeling love multiplied on the inside of us. It was just a regular conversation about things. And then later on that day, I left my chair and I ventured out into the house and I I walked downstairs and I went into Lila's room and she was in there being responsible, like schooling herself or doing the responsible things that she does. And I walked in and I climbed on her bed 
And I said, are you busy? And she put aside her stuff and she's like, no, mama, I'm not busy. And she climbed up on the bed and we visited with one another. We talked about things. We hadn't had a good chat like that in a really long time. And again, it's like the Holy Spirit was there. He was there with us. It's not like he was. He was. He was there with us. And it was like in my soul, it was like nourishment to my soul. It was love multiplied. And it made me think, okay, third thing, uh, Maggie May was not well multiple times over, over the course of the holiday. And she would lay on the couch and she'd say, Mama, come, come be with me. Come be with me, Mama. And those times are not a burden for me. I don't like when my children are sick, but oh, how I love when they're totally dependent. Their need for me doesn't make me upset with them. It actually just makes my love massive. It makes it multiply out and I become protective. What do you need? How can I help you? How can I comfort you? And so the Lord just was reminding me of that as we were worshiping. There are times where in our weakness, we're a mess. And as people, sometimes we are so hesitant to say, Papa, Daddy, Father, Jesus, will you just come and be with me? The truth is he's already there. But sometimes we're hesitant to call out in our weakness, in our mess, that he loves to come and make himself known. He's already there. He loves to make himself felt and known to us. And then there's times when we, like on a Sunday morning, we come into his presence. We make it a point. I I, I had to get up out of my chair and open my bedroom door, peek out, (laughs) and make my way down to Lila's bedroom. I made it a point to seek her out. And then there's times when he comes and he seeks us out. And we have to say, no, I will make space. I'll push aside this thing I was doing and make space. I feel you. I know you want to be with me. So church, as we take communion this morning, this supernatural impartation of grace, I just want to make a moment where we invite him into our space just to have a conversation about whatever you want to talk about this morning. And maybe he has things that he wants to talk to you about this morning. But we're literally, we're going to come and we're going to take the bread and the wine and we're going to partake of it as we often do um, as a body of believers, as a family. We do it every week and it's purposeful. It's purposeful. But when we commune with God, when we dine with him, when we create space for him, when we seek him out or make space for him to seek us out or when we cry out in our need, he comes and he dwells in us, and he communes with us. Church, he is God with us. So this morning, I release you. You can come down and take the elements, circle back to your seats, hold on to your elements, and Pastor Jason's going to come up, and we're going to have a moment. We're going to spend time with the Lord this morning. Let's just take a moment and do exactly that this morning. God was communicating through Pastor Liz. Just take a moment and commune with him. Seeking him. We know he is seeking us. We don't want to rush this moment this morning. says be still and know that I am God. Let's just be still for a moment this morning.
praise you, Lord. You can actually sense this morning God's presence with us. Those thoughts and communications, as I looked out over the church, I could sense and I could feel and I know that the Lord was hearing and the Lord was speaking. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And as we take communion, we are celebrating the fact that what Jesus did on the cross made that moment that we just had possible. Jesus paved the way for relationship that we can have with God. A communion with Him, a relationship with Him, a discussion with Him. What Jesus did on the cross paved the way for that. So the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. So Lord, we just thank you this morning for your presence here. Thank you, Lord, that we are communing with you. That you love us and you care for us. You are making your love known even on a greater level today, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice, for your life, for your death, for your resurrection. The price you paid, your blood shed, your body broken for us, for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. We had given thanks, he broke, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Lord, we worship you today. We thank you today. We glorify you today. Thank you, Lord. Stand with me, church. As we continue to worship this morning, I would like us all just to, can we just take a collective breath and receive from heaven? Just receive. We struggle so much to receive without performance, to receive without deserving, and deserve has nothing to do with God's love, has no place in the conversation. So this morning, as we, as we continue to worship, let's take a collective physical breath. Let's take a spiritual breath and just open our hearts to the Lord and receive. Isn't, isn't he good, church? Isn't he good? Worthy of our praise. The spirit of the living God is in us and through us. And as we worship, he breathes life into us. As we were worshiping little Maggie Mae, I looked at her face and I could tell that there was something wrong. She's six. Honey, what's the matter? I just miss Pop-Pop so much, Mom. Pop-Pop's been gone for a while, uh, over a year. 
And so I just took a minute to sit down and to tell her the really good news. That pop-up's not dead at all. He's as alive as we are. And that he's in heaven right now worshiping the Lord face to face. And that we're worshiping with us, with him. And that he's just waiting and someday he'll grab her and tickle her like he always did. His big gnarly hands. You know, silly pop-up always tickled me. I was like, well, he's, he'll do it again. What good news. It's the good news. And then she popped off my lap and went on to color because her pop-up is alive. <laughs> Jesus is alive, church. And the spirit of life breathes life into us because there's more life. There's all the life. They're fully alive. Whereas we are here overcoming. I love that last song. He is our mighty warrior. It is by his name that we overcome. But it's for the good news that we are fully alive in Jesus. Fully alive. And eternity has already begun for us. It's already begun. We're in it. We're in it. So let that be an encouragement to us this morning. Let's just pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Oh, we thank you for so many gifts that you give to us. Lord, may we open our arms and our hearts to receive that which you have given to us. To truly receive deeply what you have given to us. And Lord, as we start this new year, Lord, we worship you as our mighty king and warrior. We speak the name of Jesus over our families, over our lives, over our children, over our generations to come. We speak the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. For at your name, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. So this morning, we just speak the name of Jesus over this year, over our lives, over our families. We speak a blessing and a covering. To trust and surrender and to receive from you. Give you all the honor and the praise and the glory this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, as we're going to take a little break, our little eight-minute break, where you can uh, talk with one another and visit with one another. Um, if you are a first-time guest, we welcome you. Um, we love to worship the Lord, and we're happy that you're here with us this morning. Um, this is who we are. We love to just kind of linger in his presence um, can start the year off reminding all of us that we come to church for the most part once a week, okay, for the most part once a week. And I've always said, you know, if we go through all that trouble of getting the eight kids ready, up and dressed, and honestly, they're not so much a problem as it is me, getting me up and out. I've come for a feast. I don't want to rush. I don't want a snack. I don't want a little Holy Spirit snack when I come on a Sunday morning. I want a feast. And a feast takes time. You have to, like, take space between the courses, palate cleanser, you know, those types of things. I don't know. I've never had a super fancy meal. Um, but at ECF, we're about having a feast on a Sunday morning. We're not, we're not in a hurry, and we're not rushed. So we're going to take some time and greet one another. Um, if you're a first-time guest, on the back of the seat, there's a connection card. You can put your email, and we'll just send you a welcome email that helps you to connect into the church and any information you might need or want or to connect with us personally. Um, those connection cards come, and they go into the offering buckets, which will be up here on the steps during the break for you to bring your tithes and your offerings. Um, nursery is open, ages 0 to 3. Little's ministry is happening this morning, ages 4, 5, and 6. And ages 7 to, like, 6th grade, um, Kid Corner is your place. Uh, I'll be over there or someone will be over there um, to give you a little bag to, um, for the kids to keep their hands busy while they listen to the word. And I think that's everything. All right, let's greet one another. Yeah, offering will be up here. I said that. All right. All right, church family.
Are you ready? Oh, nice. Two people are ready. I love it. It's good. All right. Trying to think. Usually I tell a funny story while people get settled, and I'm sure I have a ton of them. It was Christmas, but I can't think of any that are really that funny. All right. Um, Announcements. Young Adult Life Group, Tuesday, January 9th at 6 p.m. in the Rose Center. There's Sydney. Uh, Sydney is our worship leader. She's also the leader of the Young Adult Group. Um, They meet the second and fourth Tuesday, 6 p.m. The Rose Center is the White Farmhouse right up here. That's where our church offices are. Uh, We have this lovely space where small groups meet, um, 18 to 28 years old only. I like that line. I have a new appreciation for that line because my daughter lives in outside of Rochester, New York. She is 21 years old, and she was going to a young adult group, and there was a fella who was, like, texting her for a while, and she does her little this that I taught her, and so then he stopped texting. She later comes to find out that he was 36 years old. Thirty. She was like, Mom, he doesn't look 36. I didn't think a 36-year-old would be at a young adults group. I was like, well, I, I don't know. I'm not judging, but I'm just saying. I like that. I have a new appreciation for that line, 18 to 28 years old only. <laughs> if, you're, if you're 29 and you need fellowship, we have places for you, okay? <laughs> we don't want any confusion. We have places for you. 20, 29 is so young, so don't feel bad about that. It's so young, okay? So young. All right, moving on. Um, Women to women, um, there is Maureen and Joanna. Women to women generally meet the second and fourth Wednesday evenings at Maureen's house. But this Wednesday evening, women come to church because we are having a worship night. That's the next announcement. But the worship and prayer, we're doing three Wednesday nights in a row. Um, It's called On Earth As It Is In Heaven. It's a time of abiding. It's a time of um, worship, but also prayer. You can walk around. You can lay on the floor. You can sit stoically in your seat. Any, anything, anything goes. Um, So there is no women to women this Wednesday. Women to women will be here worshiping and praying with the congregation. So you are invited. Oh, okay, yeah, three weeks of worship. I was like, is that a five? Three weeks of worship. So um, this Wednesday is the 10th, so it's our second one. Come and be blessed um, with worship and prayer. Last announcement, child dedication. If you have not um, dedicated your child, is, this is um, it's one of our favorite things. Um, it's one of our favorite things. When our children were born, I mean, they were like an hour or two old, and we would pray together and just give them over to the Lord. Um, but we also, child dedication is more than just that. That was great. That was for, for us as their parents. What child dedication is, is it you stand before the Lord with your child. It could be a baby. It could be a 14-year-old if they consent to it. Do not force them. But um, talk to them. But it can be of any age. But what it is is you're partnering with this body of believers. That's, there's, a, there's a commitment that's being made Um, by parents, you'll answer questions. Will you raise this child up to know God? Will you raise this child up in a Christian home? Will you, and you say, I will. It's a ceremony. I will. But then also we turn to the congregation and we ask questions where they give vows to support the family, to, to be here for you, not to stand in judgment. If your child's running across the church, there's no, it's not, you know, not to be like, oh, tsk, 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 these kids are such a pain in the rump, which they are sometimes, but so are we to them a lot. So um, child dedication is really special. It's a time that as a body, we come together and we rally around families and we rally around these kids and we say, you belong with us. You belong to us and we will protect you. We will support you. We are in it with you and we commit to loving you. So that's child dedication. It's January 28th. There is a sign-up sheet at the back table. So if you have any questions, you can email the church at ECF at ecfchurch.org. You can sign up, um, whatever you need to do. But that's uh, the 28th of this month. Good stuff. You're good at announcements. Those are fun. Actually, two other quick things uh, from an announcement perspective. Um, there's a lot of announcements coming out just beginning of the year. 
Uh, one, there's a pro-life breakfast. I believe this was announced last week. Uh, but there's a pro-life breakfast happening this Saturday locally. Uh, so if you're interested in more details on that, I don't have a slide. Nothing's on our website. But you can see John. John, raise your hand on the back there. You can see John after church. He can give you the details regarding that. And then uh, Miss Tammy, Miss Tammy right over there, she will be in the lobby today after church uh, with your 2023 giving statements. So yes, 2023 is over, and we are in 2024, and Tammy will have your giving statements. Be right at the welcome table, uh, you know, that little table right when you come in. Uh, she will be there uh, after church today, and I'm sure probably next week as well. Uh, and then if you're watching online, if you're unable to come, uh, we usually mail those out here in the next week or two. So, okay, I do have a scripture uh, for offering today. And <clears throat> this scripture, actually Pastor Liz just stepped out for a second, but this scripture is interesting because uh, I've been, it's been on my heart for a while and I've talked about it a little bit last year and God really has been resonating that in her heart for a lot of things. And we'll share more about that, uh, this scripture over the course of the year as it comes up. But we really wanted to start the year with this verse over our tithes and offerings. And it's Romans eleven sixteen. It says, for if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. It's interesting here, the New Living Translation says this. I don't have it up there, but it says this. And since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy. Just as the entire batch of dough is holy, because the portion given as an offering is holy. For if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be too. And the thought here is as we start the year, you, we hear people talk about the first fruits, the first fruit tithe, the first fruit giving. And what God has a principle in the Bible, it talks about the first 10%. And really it's a first fruit. It's I'm giving first back to the Lord. And what happens when we do this, this principle, as the scripture describes it, is when we do the first, not wait till the end and see what's left over, and then, oh, here I have something to give. But when we give first, the first 10%, and God sees that as a holy offering to him, the rest of it becomes holy. And it's almost as if, like, when we do it the backwards way, like, we try to make the 90% work out in our own strength, and then we give whatever's left to God. The principle there doesn't work as it is, as it says in the Bible. The principle in the Bible says, let's give the first fruit to him. This is why we're doing a corporate prayer and fasting the very beginning of the year, we are giving the first fruit of our time, the first fruit of our efforts, of our prayers to him, and we're believing that the scripture is true, because we know that it is, that he'll make the whole year holy. Not that it means everything is going to go perfectly well for every single person all the year, but God is in it, and he is working, and I just wanted to encourage us today that as we give today, that this first fruit, as it is holy, God makes the rest of it holy as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for every gift, every giver, Lord. We thank you that we give to you the first 10%. And Lord, that you see this as, your, as just a command that you've given us, Lord. But you see it as, as just an offering that is made holy before you. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you supernaturally work to make the rest of it holy. And Father, we ask the same for this year of our time and our efforts as we're praying and fasting, seeking you at the beginning of the year, Lord, that you will honor your word as you always do, and that this whole year will be a holy dedicated to you. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, open up your Bibles to Matthew 6. <clears throat> Matthew 6. We are, uh, how many were here last week? Last week, last Sunday, Pastor Andy did a fantastic job uh, at really kicking off uh, the 21 days, uh, the first three weeks of the year, and he really, he really challenged us on prayer, um, and it just was a great message. I would encourage you on the back table, there are prayer guides that are on that back table, right, you know, where those little trees are. As you leave today, it's called On Earth As It Is In Heaven. It's a prayer guide, and it really is just giving you prayers each day. They're not dated by the date, they're just dated by day, like day one, two, three, four, five. Uh, I believe today would be day... Seven, thank you. It's the seven. Oh, because it started on the first. <clears throat> so it's real easy this year. So day, so day seven does match with January 7th. Normally it doesn't, uh, but it does match this year. And so I just encourage you to pray through those prayers. 
uh, and come out on Wednesday night. Really, is just, we had a great turnout on Wednesday night, about double than what we normally have. And I just really encourage you uh, to come out on Wednesday nights as well, uh, just to pray, <clears throat> just to pray with us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Before I get into Matthew six, the actually the Lord. It's interesting. On Wednesday night, He did minister something to me as we were praying. It's actually I wasn't even in the sanctuary. I started walking in the hallways of the church in the lobby as everyone was in here praying and. The, the Lord really said to me, and I wrote this down as some scribble notes, it was like dark in here, so I was writing and I couldn't see what I was writing, uh, but it was really a double portion. The Lord spoke a double portion over us, over this church, over our families, uh, and I don't know what that means. Does that mean the congregation doubles by the end of the year? I have no idea. I didn't ask the Lord all the specifics around it, but he said a double portion, and I said, Lord, can you give me anything specific about what that means? And he really said the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit will be poured out with a double portion anointing in 2024. So I don't know about you, but I am like, thank you, Lord, because I'll tell you what, I need a little bit of double love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? I need a little double of that this year. I don't know about you, uh, but that is a double pouring out of the fruit of the Spirit. And then the exciting part is there's also a, a doubling I believe, pouring out or double anointing on the gifts of the Spirit. And for those who know what the gifts of the Spirit are, there's <clears throat> nine gifts of the Spirit. And I'll try to remember all of them, but there's gifts of healing, gifts of faith, gifts of miracles. How many would like a little more of that in our lives? These are, I mean, God tells us to seek all the gifts, okay? And we also have to have love with it. He tells us to seek these gifts. So I'm encouraging us as a church in these next couple weeks and through this year to seek and ask the Lord, Lord, I receive that word of a double anointing or a double blessing or double portion of these gifts, and I'm asking for those, uh, to see those manifest in our life. Then there's prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues, uh, which is sort of the speaking, the three speaking uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then the, the last three, they're not in any order, are discernment. How many could use a little double portion of discernment this year? <laughs> How about it? I need it like today. Discernment. And then words of knowledge and words of wisdom, which really is able to speak into your own life, into other people's lives, to see things that are coming, to be able to speak things, supernatural wisdom given in situations. So I'm just praying and believing, and I would encourage you all to seek the Lord for a double portion of his gifts and his fruit of the Spirit in 2024. Amen? Amen. And yes, I know, 20, the two and the four, the 2024, double and... I get all that, and I wrote all that down, but that's kind of the fun stuff that God, I think, likes to do with numbers, uh, but I'm really excited about what God wants to do in our church as well. All right, Matthew 6, starting in verse 16. Pastor Andy talked about prayer last week. We're going to talk briefly about fasting, but then I'm going to get back to prayer because I think we as a church need to talk about prayer for the next couple weeks, uh, and so I want to hit this passage of scripture, but then go back to prayer. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. So Jesus is speaking here, and he's saying, look, when you're fasting, don't be like the hypocrites who come out, you know, I mean, if I was fasting caffeine, okay, I'm not currently fasting caffeine. If I was fasting caffeine, oh, woe is me, and look at this, my face, my eyes, and I've had no caffeine, and just walking around like, you know, it's the end of the world, God. What he said, that's what the hypocrites do. Look, God is saying, like, and, and, and look, at the rest of, look at the rest of the package. Surely I say to you, they have had their reward. They've already had their reward. But verse 17 says, but you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, act like everything's going okay, even though it may feel like it's not, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who sees in the secret place, God sees your fasting. God sees what you've given up. God sees those things. And what he says here in the Bible says, and as Jesus speaking, is, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Again, back to, the, back to our God, our Father, who sees all of, all of our stuff. He sees all of our things. He sees all of the secrets, but he also then rewards us openly. And I believe some of this double portion that the Lord has been speaking, we're going to be able to see as we trust him, right, as we trust him,
to do what he said that he will go do. So what is fasting? Uh, fasting is, it, here's the d- dictionary. Now what I want to say is I'm going to briefly talk about fasting. If you want to hear one of the best messages on fasting ever, go to this guy's message. Go check it out on Spotify. He gave it a, uh, about a year, maybe two years ago on fasting. I believe it was like the 2nd of January, 2022 maybe. Uh, so I'm going to reference a little bit about his message here just quickly. It is so good, it's worth saying a few of the points again uh, here to understand what fasting is. But fasting, it's a verb that means to abstain from all food or to eat only sparingly or certain kinds of food, especially as a religious observance. And so throughout the scripture, we see fasting happening in the Old Testament. We see fasting happening in the New Testament. And let me just say one thing. Fasting is not a way for us to get things from God. If our heart, God knows our heart, right? He sees in secret and he rewards openly. But God knows our heart. So if we're coming into this fast like, you know what, Lord? I'm, I need you to do all these things for me during these next 21 days. That's not the heart that we need to come for, for fasting. Fasting is abstaining from something, about putting something aside, putting something away so that we can seek him and his glory more. And when we do that, there are results that come from it. There is wisdom that comes from it. There is discernment that comes from it. All those things come from it, but if our heart is to go get things, it doesn't work that way. He knows our heart is. Our heart is there to submit to him, to say, Lord, I'm putting this down even though it is very, very difficult. If what you are fasting is not difficult, I'm not so sure it's fasting. Right? Not eating is hard. How many, how many can give an amen to that? That's hard. If you, if you, if you take caffeine, caffeine out, that's hard. There are things that are hard, but what God is asking us to do is to, get, to take our spirit man and to put it back in line where it needs to be and put our flesh back where it needs to be. Biblical fasting is a spiritual discipline. It's working to align our spirit with God's spirit. It gets our flesh in the right place. And interestingly enough, all throughout the Bible, especially in the New Testament, I have a couple scriptures, fasting and prayer are always linked together. Fasting, if you want to do like, like medical fasting, or you want to skip dinner, or you want to do the intermittent fasting, that's nothing to do with God. That's something to do with how our God is operating in our body, but that's not seeking God when we're going to do some intermittent fasting for 16 hours. That's great. If God wants you to go do that, go do it. But unless it's linked with prayer, and it's not truly really seeking God, that's just fasting because it's a good thing to go do for our bodies from a fasting perspective. Pastor Andy gave eight biblical reasons for fasting. I'm going to run through those real quick. Uh, You may want to take a picture with your phone on them, because I'll say them faster than you're able to write them all down. So sorry about that. Uh, the The first one here is to seek the Lord and desire to know him. These are reasons for biblical fasting. To seek the Lord and desire to know him. The second one is for answers to questions, hard questions, understanding. The third one is in repentance on individual or corporate levels. And the fourth one is to stop destruction or spiritual attacks. How many would like to see all those things begin to work and operate in our lives, yeah? Seeking the Lord to desire to know him more. And when we do that, the rest of these things begin to happen. And if you are in a difficult, and we've had this happen in our own life, when you are in a difficult situation and you are not sure what to do, look, Prayer and fasting is like the go-to thing that we really need to say, Lord, I'm going I'm to want to pray and I want to fast and I'm going to seek you and let you take care of the things that are concerning to me. The next four, if you got your picture out and got those, the next four on the next slide is to seek next steps in life. Maybe you've got stuff going on in your life uh, you need to, need to seek him on. To prepare for something the Lord is leading you into. To break the sinful power of your flesh and to remove distractions from your life. To seek the next steps in your life, to remove distractions from your life. This time of prayer and fasting is committed to be able to seek the Lord and what he has for us in this new year. Again, as we make the first fruit holy, he makes the rest of it holy. Fasting is not a command, it's our free will to go do. You don't have to be like, well, Pastor Jason said we're all fasting, so I have to fast. Hey, you do not have, don't do it begrudgingly or just because someone told you to go fast. I would encourage you to seek the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to fast? What is it that you are asking me as I start out this year? What is it that you want me to go fast? 
And I've shared in the past some stories that God has, we just have sought God in times of fasting, and we have, God has blessed us with babies through that time, with selling homes through that time, supernatural wisdom through that time, and I have testimony after testimony of what God has done in our personal lives as, as an Ackerman family. Different types of fasting, there's individual fasting, there's a corporate fast, which is what we're doing here, it's kind of a first fruits. Um, and I would say, you know, as far as how to fast, first and foremost, I want you to remember that it's linked and tied to prayer. Fasting is linked and tied to prayer. So I would encourage you guys to seek the Lord, and you guys can do research on it. You can, there's lots of different ways you can do it. You can skip one meal. You can cut certain foods out. Uh, there's so many different options. I would suggest that if it needs to be linked with more prayer, whatever it is that you feel as the Lord leading you so you can seek him deeper in some time of prayer, I would encourage you to do that. And many times we as a family have done this. I mean, fasting technically is not eating food or, or you know, removing certain food. But there's also, we call it fasting, but really it's removing distractions from our life. And many a times we as a family have put away all technology. We said, we're not going to do this. We're not going to watch Netflix. We're going to not do social media. We're not going to. So those are also things, again, removing distractions from our life in order that you can then seek him more. And the whole purpose of laying down these, down these things is if you're going to lay down lunch and not eat lunch, this is like for me, I'm talking to myself here, and be really grumpy about it and run around to try to get as many off, things off my to-do list as possible, that wasn't really fasting lunch. That was just going hungry. Listen to me, church, really. That was really just going hungry and being mad about it, getting hangry at everybody around me. But if you're going to say, Lord, I'm going to skip lunch, and then you take that time to seek him, go for a walk, walk outside, close your office door, put on some worship music, begin to seek him. The Lord is who supernaturally then does the work as we seek him. Don't be hungry just to be hungry, but fast in order to seek him and what he's doing in your life. So prayer, prayer, prayer. I encourage you again Wednesday nights uh, to come out and to pray with us. Let me give you a couple biblical examples of prayer and fasting. Acts 13. Acts 13, verse 2. There's a couple examples here of some biblical fasting uh, and prayer that you can see what has happened in these, um, in these Acts of the Apostles. So in verse 2, as they ministered or worshipped to the Lord and fasted. So as they worshipped the Lord, as they fasted, the Holy Spirit said. Like, we could just stop right there. I could do a whole message on that. As they worshiped and prayed, as they fasted and prayed, the Holy Spirit said. How many of you want to hear the Holy Spirit more in your life in 2024? And the issues and challenges and things, what I talked about, that double portion, the pouring out of the gifts of the Spirit, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discernment, prophecies, things that I know that the Lord is speaking to us on, things that he want us, wants us to go do. I want more of that as they minister, as they worshiped the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. Then he gave them a specific instruction. And the Lord does that many a times. He gives us specific instructions. It says, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. And then having fasted and prayed, look, it was like the whole, they fasted and prayed and the Holy Spirit spoke to them. And they're like, you know what? Okay. Well, that doesn't mean I'm just going to, like, as soon as the God speaks to you, I'm dropping everything. No. They didn't. They continued. Look, they continued to fast and pray. Even after they heard from the Lord, even after they got from the Holy Spirit, they fasted and prayed. They laid hands on them, and they sent them away. So they ministered. They worshiped. Then the Holy Spirit spoke, and then they continued to fast and pray. To get what? Confirmation. I hear things when I'm hungry. And it's not always the Lord speaking. Yeah? <laughs> I hear, I mean, just like, because it's just, it's our bodies. And so he, they continued to fast and pray. In verse 4 then it says, And so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down. From there they salted to Cyprus. And then they arrived in Samalus, and they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had John as their assistant. The direction was set by God. They fasted, they prayed, Holy Spirit said, they got confirmation, and then they acted. They submitted to God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And that's why our prayer guide this year, I believe, is called On Earth 
as it is in heaven, that we begin to follow what the Lord's plans and purposes are on our life. The second one I have in Acts 14, verse 22. Again, a quick example of prayer and fasting happening and then how God moves and works through that. So strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed and fasted, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Again, this is, I mean, assigning an elder to a ch- into a church is a very important, a very big decision, a very serious decision in, in their lives that they had to make. And what did they do with it? They prayed and they fasted. If you have a serious decision coming up, a serious thing you have to work through, maybe it's an issue, a challenge, a relationship, the Lord is encouraging us to pray and fast and seek him with it. And throughout the New Testament, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this next week, but it feels like people prayed like their life depended on it. I'm not so sure I pray like my life depended on it. But in the Bible, we see Jesus prayed like his life depended on it. The apostles prayed like their life depended on it. And so I, too, want to pray in 2024 like my life depended on it on it. You know why? Because it does. Because it does. It does. And Andy did a great job last week talking about prayer and some of the issues with it, but what I want to encourage you today, this morning, that prayer works. Prayer works. And I think too often we have said prayers and we didn't see them come to pass or they didn't happen the way we wanted or something tragic happened and we were praying and we don't understand what we say, but I just doesn't feel like prayer works. Let me assure you this morning that prayer works. And God is working and doing things at a much higher level than we can see or understand or wrap our arms or our heads around. And we have to trust in God that when we pray, the Bible says we pray and we believe and then we receive from him. We have to trust that God has got a plan. And I want to walk through a passage of scripture briefly here this morning out of Acts chapter 12. And I, and I want to show you something in this passage of what happens when we pray. What happens when we pray? And I believe this passage of scripture really lays out a foundation and a fundamentals of what happens when we pray so that we can be encouraged by faith that when we do pray, God is moving and God is working. Even if we don't see it, even if we, we sing that song, even if we don't see it, even if we don't feel it, God is working. And this is a great example of it. Acts chapter 12, starting, I believe, in verse 5. Wow, my notes are really small. I didn't blow them up to 16 font like I normally do. Yes, I should have reading glasses on. I just blow the font up on my notes a little bit bigger. Is it 5? It is 5. Okay, Acts 12, starting in verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. So was Peter praying in church or in the prison? I'm sure that he was. But here's a situation, a circumstance. We talked about Pastor Jim's miracle. Uh, actually happened five years ago or so that the church came together. There was an issue that was going on and we corporately prayed. We corporately prayed. And here the church is corporately praying. There is a church, a gathering of people that are praying both at wherever they are, because it says constantly. It wasn't like they spent 24 hours in the synagogue every day, all day long. They were constantly praying. They were seeking out the Lord, a communion with God. They were praying for Peter. They were saying, Lord, release him. Lord, help him. Lord, be with him. Lord, I don't know all the words that they were saying, but the church was constantly in prayer that was offered to God for him by the church. Verse 6, and then Herod was about to bring him out. That night, Peter was sleeping. Herod was about to, something bad, church, was about to happen. Something bad was going to go down, but people were praying. And we're going to see what happens when people pray. 
Herod was about to bring him out. That night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. Think he's going anywhere? I don't know if I had two chains and two soldiers next to me. Likely, I'm not going anywhere. And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. There's guards at the door. There's guards in the cell. There's chains. I mean, this dude is on lockdown. Lockdown. There's no moving. Only God can do something here. Verse 7. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and the light shone in the prison. Think of this just for a minute. Like, put your mind around this picture that's happening. There's the church is praying. They don't know that this is happening, but they are praying for Peter. They're praying corporately. They're praying individually. They're saying, Lord, I need you to do a work. I need you to a move of God in some way. I need you, God, to move. And he sent an angel. And he sent light. Wow. As people were praying, he sent supernatural help. When we pray, the point here is, when we pray, God sends supernatural help. The people that were praying didn't know that this was going on. It's a very important point for us to understand that. Even though when we're praying and we don't see something happen right away, when we don't say like, oh my goodness, I don't understand what's going on. I, don't, I haven't seen that manifest yet. But they didn't stop praying. Because what happened is that when we pray, I believe that in the spiritual realm, God is on the move supernaturally the moment we begin praying. The moment we begin to take that care, to cast it to him, to say, Lord, I trust in you, I believe in you, I'm giving this to you, that the Lord begins to supernaturally make a way for something to happen. They didn't know it. Many times, how many of you have been there? You say a prayer, you're like, God, do you hear me? Are you even listening? Are you even there? You say you never leave me, never forsake me. That means you're like right here, but I'm praying, and it feels like nothing is happening. And I think we all have felt that in our life. But I'm here to encourage you to say that God hears the prayers the moment that you say them. And he begins to work in the supernatural realm the moment that you cast that care to him. It may not happen exactly like you want it. It may not happen exactly like you feel like you need it. But God is moving and God is working. When we pray, God sends supernatural help. He sent an angel. And he sent light, interestingly enough, to illuminate the darkness. God, he begins to work in the supernatural. We're not at the natural yet. We're not at the, the flesh and bones yet. Peter didn't get out of prison yet, did he? Mm. People were praying, but the angels showed up and the light showed up. In the spiritual realm, God was moving and God was working, even though Peter was still in chains. The guards were still there. None of the physical things had changed, but God was on the move. God was working. The next part of verse 7 says, and then he struck Peter on the side and raised him up and said, arise quickly. And I absolutely love this verse. Is God, or so God sends, there's lights happening and angels happening. All this stuff was going on, yet Peter's still sleeping. The angel's there. The light is there. Everything's going on, but someone is still sleeping. When we pray, God wakes someone up. Sometimes that person is us. Sometimes that person is us because God begins to reveal something to us to wake us up from a lie, a thought pattern, something that we do to even in destruction in our own life, he begins to, look, he already has moved in the supernatural, and now what God is doing is he's looking to wake someone up. He's looking to wake someone up. We've prayed, you know, and, and I, I was going to reference this throughout the whole message, I'll just reference it here for a minute. We have prayed to be debt-free in 2023. That was our prayer and that was our belief, and I still see squares up there. You're saying, well, Pastor Jason, that prayer didn't work. I kid you not that God 
I, as I am standing here, I am telling you that God was moving, has moved, and moved in the supernatural realm in 2023 to make a way for us to be debt-free. And I'm not just saying that to come up here to be like, well, that prayer didn't work. You know, Pastor Jason, you said that. I bet you everyone was thinking that too, but it ended up not coming to pass. And I say that because this woman right here said, I really felt in my spirit that God has made a way for us to be debt-free in 2023, even though we didn't physically see it. And then I had somebody else randomly text me. Actually, it was Morley. He actually sent it to the group chat, did he not? To the whole softball team. And I know that Morley hears from God. And Morley said the exact same thing. The exact same thing. And I looked at the scripture. I'm like, this is exactly what the scripture did. The, we were praying and believing and God was moving and he was working in the supernatural and I have to believe that he has and is and working in the supernatural and that God is waking someone up. Maybe it's LeBron James. I don't know. Somebody. I don't know what he's doing. But he is, he is what happens is that sometimes the waking up process takes some time. How many of you know that? There are some people like myself who can get out of bed like that. Alarm goes off, my feet hit the ground, probably within two to three seconds after the alarm goes off. Boom, I'm up, I'm in, I'm going, let's go. How many of you are a little bit slower to roll out of bed? Right? Sometimes it takes a little long. To, this morning, guess what? It took me a long, I did not do that this morning. I purposely didn't set my alarm. I said, Lord, I'm going to sleep until eight o'clock. I was up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7, I saw, I feel like I saw every minute on the clock from 6 to 7, like, I'm going to sleep until 8 o'clock, right? And so I was like, okay, what are you doing, right? Maybe the Lord was waking me up, you know, to pray or to go do something, but this is how the Lord works. He begins to stir people. He begins to stir hearts. He begins to show you something personally about your life. And so when we're praying and we're asking God to move, if he is trying to tell you something, that actually might be the answer to your prayer. And you're like, I don't want to hear that. Mm-mm. You mean I want, you want me to stop doing that? No, 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 no. Right? Our flesh is like, I don't want to do that. But as we're praying and fasting, this whole, this 21 days, as we're seeking the Lord in this, and as we're beginning to ask the Lord for wisdom and direction, all these things, and we're praying and we're presenting these things to the Lord, I would encourage you to have your eyes open and be ready to hear what the Lord has to say. He might be trying to wake you up. On something. When we pray, the Lord wakes people up. And then the last part of verse 7 and his chains fell off his hands. The actual miracle in the physical realm came after God already moved in the, in the spiritual realm, in the supernatural. He then woke, Peter's chains didn't fall off, and then he woke up. Peter woke up, then the chains fell off his hands. And so sometimes we don't see the answer to our prayer right away. What God is encouraging us this morning is prayer works. And whatever you're praying for and believing for in the beginning of this year, hold fast to that. Continue to seek God on that. And he will wake other people up, he will wake you up. And then he will begin, you will then begin to see, remember how we started, this, started in the verse about fasting? As we pray and fast in secret, he then rewards openly. And the way to see that open is the testimony of the answered prayer at the end. Amen? Amen. Sit if you want to come back up here. Just bow our heads this morning. I want to encourage us, I'm going to, I'm going to read, as you just bow, you don't have to look in your Bible now, there's no more notes to take this morning. I want to read, as Sid comes up, the rest of this passage of scripture after verse 7, because I think it's important for us just to listen to what then happened, what then occurred, the chains fell off, and watch God as he works, as only he can. Verse 8 then says, and the angel said to him, gird yourself. Tie on your sandals, and so he did. He was obedient to what the Lord had asked him to go do. 
And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. Peter obeyed that which the Lord had commanded. And so he went out and he followed him. He did not know that what was done by the angel was real. He thought maybe he was seeing a vision. Then they were past the first and second guard posts. They came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them on its own accord. And then they went out, went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. As he began to see God's answered prayer, he began to walk down the path that God had. As he began to obey the commands that the angel said, go do this and do that, God's miracle power then continued to make a way. And maybe you're here this morning and God has been leading you in something and he wants to encourage you this morning to continue down the path that he has called you to. Miracle after miracle began to happen. And then verse 11 says this, and if you can put in context, we have to remember the church is still praying. People are still praying. They didn't know that all this was happening. When Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain. I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod. That was his last night. And from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Now I know for certain. Certainty. Certainty that when we pray, God hears. Certainty that when we pray, God is beginning to move in the supernatural realm, even if we don't see it, even if we don't feel it. Father, I just pray, Lord, for an overwhelming sense of certainty today. Of trusting who you are. Trusting your love for us. That we are spending this time in prayer and fasting. That you hear our prayers. Lord, give us this, build our faith up with such certainty that as we pray it, that our minds are not tossed to and fro but that we truly believe that you are moving, you are working, and we receive your miracle-working power in our life. Lord, I just pray for certainty today. Even if it feels like we prayed in the past and prayers didn't come answered, Lord, that we would be certain today, based on your word, that you are moving, you are working, you do hear our prayers, you do care for us, you do love us. And Father, we worship you for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you will do. And Lord, as we dedicate this first couple weeks to you, Lord, that as your word said that we read earlier, that as we seek you to glorify you with this first part of the year, that you would do your supernatural work to make the rest of the year holy, blessed, and set apart for you, Lord. Give you all the honor and the praise and the glory this morning. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. I've got some small group leaders that are going to come up here uh, this morning. They're going to be able to pray with you. I want to encourage you. Certainty, church. Be certain that when you pray, God is moving in the supernatural. God is waking someone up. And God is moving in the physical realm. And you'll see that come to pass. So as these, uh, the prayer leaders come up here this morning... If you have never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. I would encourage you to come up here and get prayer. If you need prayer for anything in your life, whatever it might be, maybe it's healing, relationship, whatever it might be, they are here to pray with you.
And I would encourage you to come out on Wednesday night. I would encourage you to seek the Lord on what it is. Maybe you already know what you're fasting, but to seek the Lord in your time of fasting and prayer. And be certain, church, God hears your prayers. And he's moving. And he's working in your life. Let me close with this benediction. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Christ Jesus. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. We love you guys. We'll see you Wednesday night.